Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Naveen Agniholtri, CEO and co-founder of Cumberland Labs. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much, Matthew. Great to be here. Excellent. Well, first, you know, it's early morning for me, late night for you. You're over in Singapore. First, really quick, give me a nutshell. What is Cumberland Labs? Cumberland Labs is a blockchain and Web3 incubator um, that is um, uh, where we really uh, work with early stage teams and uh, we create our own products. The idea being we want to use blockchain and Web3 technologies to create um, companies that, uh, uh, and projects that provide broad use across the ecosystem. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is we're talking about AI and I'm, I'm on this whole mm -hmm. AI, AI trip with mm -hmm. the release of like these pictures of say the Pope wearing Balenciaga, Elon wearing Balenciaga, Trump getting arrested, uh, the spoofing of different people in, in, in music and videos and so on and so forth. It, the future of AI is now a lot different than I think a lot of people thought about when we first thought about AI and what it looks like in the future, we're thinking Terminator. We're thinking about the singularity. We're thinking about uh, this one machine to rule us all or to destroy us all. But now it seems as though it, the future seems a lot more human than we originally thought. What do you think the future of AI is going to be? So, um, okay. First, that's a difficult question to answer because if you uh, if you brought me back to 1990, which by the way I was around and I was starting with computers in 1990, if you ask me what is the future of computers going to look like, it's a difficult question to answer. That's point number one. Uh, point number two is uh, we we can still actually uh, uh, hazard good guesses, right? So you're absolutely right. Um, the the vision of computer of AI that we had, which was sort of um, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of uh, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey type of thing. Um, instead, the, the, especially these new generative AIs, I think the correct model to think about them is like uh, a bright teenager next door. Yeah. So uh, it's a teenager. There could be some teenagers are good at math. Some are really good at uh, maybe drawing. So they're impressive. You know, you're like, oh, the kid next door, you know, little Johnny is really impressive how good he can draw. You know, but of course, the problem is, A, 
Little Johnny uh, may be helpful, may not be helpful, totally depends on what are they, and also Little Johnny may be lying through his teeth. Um, we don't know what any of the, uh, uh, what, if any of this stuff is true or not, you know? Um, right. So uh, we, we were, we're living, you're, you're absolutely right. The correct model is there are entities in the world uh, out there. Some of these entities are humans. Some of them are not humans, they are AIs. Any of them could be lying. <laughs> any of them could be uh, doing something useful. And it's really up to us as humans, as people who interact with these entities to really figure out who is what and which of these entities we want to trust. You know, so so I guess what I was really applying to in the, that um, question was the use cases of AI wasn't just total domination or like a, a total like, you know, takeover of computers or whatever. But it was it, it seems as though it's just niching down onto how do I make my life easier? How do I edit a paper? How do I do research? How do I make something for social media? How do I increase my clout? And now we're going to, again, like I said, more human kind of uh, structures of what kind of news am I going to make to trick people? Or how is this going to emphasize the news? And so these human, this, this human building blocks that we're starting from with AI just seems almost just to enhance the human experience instead of creating this new I guess, artificial, intelligent experience. Does the does that just perpetuate in the future? Or does the AI just grow to maybe say a, uh, I don't know, um, a futuristic movie, maybe like a, um, a, where you're downloading to a surrogate and the surrogate is like, you know, part of your AI or you're like getting implants or something, is just to enhance the human experience? Or are we going to move it to a different way? And yeah, I am kind of asking a interesting future question that you would never be able to predict where it's going to go, but... I, 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 I kind of want to see like what you're thinking when it comes to the developments and do we just actually keep niching down on enhancing the human experience? Um, so um, to answer that question, let me sort of set some historical context, right? So first, there's a huge explosion in um, AI-related services uh, thanks to recent chatbots uh, that have been launched. But actually... Um, uh, AI for business, AI use cases for business have been around for at least 20 years. I started my first AI company 20 years ago where we were solving these types of problems for business use cases, right? For businesses that wanted to do face recognition, for businesses that wanted to do um, uh, automatic image tabulation and so on. We launched um, the first face uh, recognition engine on Facebook in 2006, right? So the stuff has been around for a long time. This is not new. That's point number one, right? And in the business world, um, what, what people have been doing is uh, taking a problem that business has and then saying, well, what is the best, best AI out there for this? And let's see how we can solve the problem, right? Now, what has happened recently and what has sort of captured the imagination is that for the first time, these same things that have been available to businesses for the past many, many years are all of a sudden now available to the public for right. generic use cases. You know, it used to be that I would have to make a very specialized product for a very specialized application and, and give it to someone. Now it's like, well, uh, would you like to write an essay? Here you go. Right? So uh, now to answer your question, the, um, the, the, the iterative cycle of how much these things will improve will continue. Um, the, but my prediction, if I had to make one, would be that actually rather than a generic AI, 
uh, that can try that will try to write essays and will try to make drawings and will try to describe something and will try to uh, solve computer coding problems. You actually emerge with specific use cases and specific AIs that are good at that task. Uh, the big problem that AI has right now is especially these generic AIs. Um, people are, aren't talking about this stuff, but they're not explainable, right? You don't know, it's like a human, right? If I asked you, why do you think, or who was the first person that told you honesty is the best policy? Most people cannot answer that question, right? But most of these AIs, if you ask it, like I actually asked ChatGPT the other day to describe me, and it told me a whole bunch of things about me that just aren't true, right? It just made these things up, right? It said I'd worked at JP Morgan and Citibank. I'd never in my life worked at a bank, right? Um, so the the and it cannot answer technically um, uh, the, these types of transformer-based models that have billions of parameters. They actually cannot tell you how they arrived at a conclusion, right? And that's really where the challenge lies. If you want to make this thing really useful, if you want me to decide whether or not Matthew will get a surgery, right? Uh, Matthew needs a surgery. Well, ChatGPT says so. Why? Why does uh, Matthew need a surgery? That's really where I think things get interesting in the future, is where we get these very targeted specific AIs that are good at solving problems in a, a, a explainable way. So what it sounds like you're saying right here is the future, or at least the near future of AI is almost kind of like the Apple App Store, where niche apps came out and um, you know, focused on this specific thing that you wanted to do. If it was Yelp to go find a good restaurant and see which one is in the reviews, that app and that product came out that niched down into that. Uh, if you wanted to fix your grammar, Grammarly came out and it niched down into gra into grammar. And so it sounds like what you're saying, instead of this chat GPT with this whole you know broad range and spectrum of things that it can do, um, it's, people are gonna start taking this and actually perfect the technology to um, niche down on these certain tasks, and then you'll have this AI maybe with the ability to get the why at the end. It's like, why are you saying this? We'll have a little more data because they're able to extract that data, which is every data source is broad. If you're talking about, like you said, surgery, if we're talking about just knee surgery, the data sources you can extract from and incite are massive, massive. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're going to have to niche down to get that, that why. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, absolutely. So the um, use cases have to become sharper, and the AIs have to be so good that someone can depend on it. Right? That's the big. That's why I called it uh, these uh, today's AI like teenagers because they're they're super useful. They're super cool. Sometimes they can be impressive, but they're not reliable. You know. And you want uh, look. Uh, you and I both, right? We want uh, AIs to help us that are reliable, dependable. So with that reliability, you're going to need a lot of data, like we just said. And so it's great when you're talking about data sources that are open source, for example, you know, um, college journals and, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing is AI extracting the stuff that we did not think was going to be open sourced, um, my Facebook page. Uh, so if, if we're going to make, you know, make a spoof of Elon Musk or, you know, who are public figures, so it's a little different, but Elon Musk or the Pope, it, it's 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 a different conversation than, you know, being able to spoof almost anybody or create something that is, you know, kind of open source, a global open source system database um, out of thin air. And we're talking about writing like certain authors, we're talking about making music like certain people, and so on and so forth. Where, where, even though we're going to niche down on that, 
when it comes to the creativity in when it comes to the evolution of AI, where does the line get drawn where where by this AI is going to know too much about me? Now let's just say say this, Naveen, when you asked ChatGPT about you, what, and you said, oh, everything was wrong, but what if it came back with everything that's right? I guess mm -hmm. that's the question. Uh, sorry. So, what's uh, if it came back everything and everything was right? What's your question? My question is: Would you be more offended that, or or more scared that it came back with everything right than than a lot of things wrong? I mean, what? And what, if uh, it knew, no, no, no. what if it knew? What if it knew what it, what you ate for breakfast yesterday? Right, right. So first, um, the so uh, if it got everything right, first of all, I would be actually very happy and very impressed, right? Because um, uh, the first thing you should do is it should get right what a human would get right, right? Uh, so is, I have is, a fifteen-year-old. Is, is that a is that a looking at your, at the data sort of thing as a privacy issue, like saying, "Oh, I'm happy that," like, I'm, I'm, is that looking at it like from a from a AI standpoint of like, "Oh, it got the data right, so I'm happy for the AI," or is that more of like an ego thing, like you should know who I am because there's those two. Those <laughs> things no, no, it's it's definitely the former, right? So um, uh, the the so some of the things that that we're asking the AI to do. Um, today, the, these chatbot type AIs to do are the things that in historically we would ask some junior person to do, right? So we would say, well, um, maybe our junior analyst is going to make the first draft of this uh, presentation. Well, ChatGPT will do it, right? And maybe ChatGPT will do an um, okay job, uh, and then I'll review it or something, right? So the the uh, the answer to your question is absolutely. It would be super impressive to me if it actually um, collected the data um, uh, and put it together in the proper way. Uh, the second thing is actually um, the 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 trend now is going to be um, that sites will begin to lock themselves down against um, ChatGPT, and not because of privacy reasons. It's actually because of commercial reasons, right? So this is a, a big problem that is happening. Google, right. for example, would crawl, and I, I wrote uh, my first websites in uh, the early 90s where we would actually specifically allow and make things easy for AltaVista and InfoSeq and Google um, to crawl because we wanted people to be able to search as we wanted to get that traffic, right? Um, ChatGPT will crawl us and will never send us a damn thing in terms of traffic. So um, uh, I actually derive no benefit from the fact that ChatGPT crawled my website, right? If I'm a publisher, ChatGPT will crawl me and will make some conclusions and people will pay ChatGPT, they won't give me a dime. I don't like that. So now I'm gonna actually actively stop uh, ChatGPT and open uh, uh, sort of AIs of this order to come crawl my website because I actually want um, to capitalize on, on my data, right? And that brings me to the second point, which is really what happens from now on is that data is king, right? So uh, as an AI researcher or as an ex-AI researcher, I can tell you that um, these types of transformer-based models, the best models that Facebook has are quite similar to the best models that Microsoft has and quite similar to the best models that OpenAI has or Google has, right? So um, if you give them the same data, these models will produce roughly similar outputs. So really, the, the game becomes that of data. What extra data do you have? And that will make you, going back to the topic of making specialized AIs, that's really what's going to help you make the best AIs, if you have the best data, right? So you can actually see this. Um, so that, from both those standpoints, if you have data, you are king. If you have specialized content, if you have specialized um, uh, sort of information around how something happens or shouldn't happen or the good, the bad types or whatever, um, that's that's totally valuable. And you will start capitalizing on that. 
So it seems to me that you are more concerned about the monetization of your work than the privacy of your data. Um, both, both. Uh, but yes, um, the, the, uh, see, as, as academic scientists, we like to create, uh, you know, so uh, uh, scientists are not too concerned about privacy, right? We are, uh, uh, the default is to publish our work anyways, right? Um, right. The, 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 the sort of, so uh, the privacy seeking data obviously needs to be private. But that's really um, a more, uh, and that brings me to sort of uh, what, I, what I think is where um, the world heads, right? Which is, um, and you were saying this earlier, there are these AIs that are spoofing things. There are these AIs that are making things up, uh, either maliciously or um, uh, accidentally, right? Um, how will you tell? How will you decide who to trust? And I think that's really where things become interesting. So if I had to make a prediction, I would say that trust becomes really important, right? So trust has an interesting journey. So we, in the, in the 19, I mean, you're pretty young, but in the 1980s, we used to live in a world of where we, you know, we trusted everyone that we interacted with. We would, we had these, um, uh, you know, we only spoke people to, uh, to most people face to face. There were some landline phones or whatever, uh, and there were some media companies, and we trusted everyone, rightly or wrongly, right? Um, the the and when we moved into the internet, we kind of took that trust with us into the internet, right? So we basically trusted, started trusting these websites. We basically started believing that these websites were eh, at least benign, if not actually useful, right? And I think where we are, where, even without AI, where we've come to now is the realization that actually not all of it can be trusted anyways. It's all unreliable, right? It's all, um, yeah, um, so we have to build networks of trust. And that actually, I think, is one of the killer use cases of blockchain technology, right? It's, it's, uh, um, that's the, the crypto, the real crypto, which is cryptography, not cryptocurrency, which is uh, how do we use cryptography to create networks of trust where we know who to believe? I will believe this because Matthew has signed this content and uh, Matthew stands behind it, something like that, you know? Um, but trust, I think, becomes very important in an increasingly AI-driven world. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so one really quick question off of that is, can AI live on the blockchain then? So I was talking to somebody previous to this about ID um, and verification of how do you make sure that it's, that what you said is that you're getting credit for your work, you're getting credit for your publications, your music, or, or, or what have you. And I was talking to uh, identity.com the other day, and they were saying, like, well, we have to embed your 
I guess, credentials, your ID, your fingerprint, some kind of digital um, signature. <clears throat> and I think people, and he said that, I think people should log into the internet with this same credential. This should be your master key to anything digital. And so that will create this whole um, idea of trust uh, and verification that this, in, that this individual is exactly this individual. How, but how does AI live on the blockchain? If AI is actually going to be, be taking on a mind of its own, um, how, how, can AI realistically live in a blockchain or utilize blockchain for this trust? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, well, my answer is yes, right? Uh, because remember I said, um, in, in my world, in the world that I'm imagining, AIs and uh, humans are sort of coexisting in this, um, uh, in this world where um, uh, you decide who to trust. You can trust a human, you can trust an AI, you can trust a company, you can trust any one of a number of actors, right? Um, and, and an AI presents itself to, uh, to you on chain, uh, 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 just let's keep running with, with your analogy, right? Um, an AI presents itself to you, and now you can decide whether or not to trust it. It's okay. You can be like, well, this is a very trustworthy AI. I've been using it for three years now. It always does a great job, I don't know, creating images for me, right? Uh, great. It's a great AI. Or you can be like, well, I don't know this AI, or I don't know this human. Um, uh, you know, they, they sound like somebody scary. Um, uh, you know, the, uh, last time I checked uh, um, their activity, made, made them sound a little bit extremist, and I don't like this human. And I don't like this AI, right? So it's okay. Let me, let me, stop, let me stop you there, though, because what you're, what, you're expre what you're expressing is my feelings about it. And my feelings about an AI that I used for three years, or my feelings that it was saying something extremist, it doesn't matter. And that, that's what the blockchain comes in, right? Because... I don't care how my feelings are about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is always going to be trusted because of the mechanisms within uh, the Bitcoin blockchain network. I, I'm never going to question how it comes to consensus. And so taking feelings out, I guess what I'm asking is, can AI be integrated into blockchain in a way that is inherent to, say, Bitcoin or the Ethereum network, where consensus is the, the, the mechanism of trust? Um, so uh, you're absolutely right um, that um, you don't trust Bitcoin. You don't have to trust Bitcoin because it's a it's a uh, it's a definitive thing. Right? It's uh, it's uh, um, uh, that the transfer of Bitcoin happened or didn't happen. Um, I guess where I'm coming from is um, these are AIs or these are entities that are expressing opinions. They are creating content. Right? The content was created by a human or was created by an AI. Right? Now, I, as a human, can decide to trust it or not trust it. That's an opinion that I will express. I trust this person because I grew up with this person. I've known Matthew for 25 years. I love Matthew. I'm going to trust what Matthew is going to say, right? Um, or um, uh, I don't know Matthew. First time ever I've spoken to him today. Um, I don't know. You know, so the the um, uh, the the when you when some when something on the other side is a definitive thing like a transaction, that's okay. But I'm talking about um, entities that are expressing opinions, entities that are putting out content, right? Um, and that content, you either believe and trust or you don't. And we as humans have to decide that. And we have to build our own trust networks um, in terms of who do we believe. Like if somebody is posting a video content clip that says CNN in the thing and wearing a Balenciaga outfit, uh, do we believe it? Who is it? Uh, how do we decide? That's kind of where I'm going with that, yeah? So it's not really that the AI that. is living on. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I understand that actually. Um, and that goes back to, I think, probably around 2017, 2018. There's a lot of uh, uh, decentralized protocols that came out that were trying to figure out how to 
create trusted networks out of things like that, of, of media, opinions, journalism, and so on and so forth. And it came back to a group consensus mechanism of like more of a social thing where it's like, how many people can verify that this is, and the more people that can verify that this is factual, the more factual it's going to be. Um, just like any kind of proof of work consensus mechanism, but you know, in a personal term. And so I, I, it seems like that's what you're alluding to is, is a AI network that is using a human consensus mechanism of how much trust is in any given thing that they put out. And the more people that can verify the facts that these AI is coming up with, the more factual it could be, or that, that's what I'm hearing. Yes, yes. Uh, um, you're, you're mostly right, um, it, except it's uh, how do we build consensus is up to us. Do we use humans only or do we use humans plus AI? But uh, rather than that, I would say we use trust, trusted actors, right? So um, uh, as a, a random aside, in 2010, we launched a lending company um, uh, sort of internationally where that's what uh, uh, our model was. Our model was um, you're a trusted borrower. So we'll, uh, if three trusted borrowers introduce a new person, we'll give them a loan. No credit history required, no background check needed, right? Three people were saying, or, or N people were saying, this is, Matthew's a great guy, we'll give Matthew a loan, right? So that was sort of you know, us putting our money where our mouth is, right? And I really think that this is where I think uh, this is sort of a killer use case for blockchain. Because that's public key, public key cryptography. So we tried to do this in the 90s, some sort of, I, I was part of this fringe group of people that would like try to make a public key pair. I had a website that had my public key on it. You know, like all of this sort of uh, um, stuff that, that, that seemed outlandish back then. But now with, with Ethereum and these things, uh, there's a public uh, a blockchain. All of us have public keys, all of us have private keys. And it's an easy system for us to present ourselves in a way such that um, we can all trust each other and decide what's uh, um, what, what that network looks like. Last question, AI in 100 years. And I know I, you, I, I can see in you that you hate this question, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What, what does what, nah, 100 years is too much. AI in 20 years. AI in 20 years. Mm -hmm. because I don't even know if we know the future, but what does it look like? Does it look like that? Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, the way that I'm looking at it is is that we're just going to have seamless enhancements of everything that we use, from our laptops or our cell phones to you know our Google Maps and something like that. That AI is going to understand more of what we want innately and almost be able to predict where we're going, what we want, how we want the information given to us, and um, basically integrate themselves into our lives. And that's going to come out with products as well. It might not be a handheld cell phone, but maybe these new uh, Apple uh, glasses or whatever is going to come out and integrate all of this into a smart, a smarter, um, predictive product that basically learns through either you know AI learning or, or machine learning um, what our lives are about and then integrates itself. It makes itself such a nice product that I and my glasses or I and my phone are almost a symbiotic relationship. It almost is now, but more so where I can't live without my phone, more so that I can't live without my wife. You know, <laughs> my phone knows mm -hmm. me better than my family. Uh, that's the way I, I'm thinking in 20 years that this could play out. What is your prediction for the 20 years? Um, I am largely in line with your prediction, right? Um, which is um, the, the, the correct way to think about it is, um, uh, I think instead of thinking, what will AI do? Uh, broadly, you have to say, what will technology do? And you're absolutely right. Technology is about um, uh, sort of 
uh, integrating what is inside us to what is outside us. And as this technology becomes better, it does a better and better job of uh, taking what's outside and bringing it inside and taking what's inside and bringing it outside, right? So I heard some professor argue the other day that uh, your phone is actually a very valid extension of your brain. Yeah? Even though it's, it's physically outside, actually, logically, it's a lot better extension of your brain um, uh, than these uh, glasses are. Right, because it actually has um, uh, the same type of data. It's extending our the functionality of our brain in many interesting ways. So that's what AI. Is. So uh, the, uh, I would repeat what you said, except saying that really AI becomes an extension of our brain, which is what I'm trying to say by saying it, it's both inwards and outwards. You know that that's a very inter interesting uh, statement because a lot of people would said that that's what your relationships were. You know, you're, if you were with a, in a relationship with a spouse for you know 20, 30, 40 years, you're spouse actually started to inherit some of the information that you you did not inherit yourself so that's why spouses when they talk to each other they kind of look at each other to try to get that information oh honey where was that that one day this person is actually yeah. tasked in the relationship to have the knowledge of the places the dates the names while this other person has the knowledge of the other things that are so you kind of just you kind of like decentralize the knowledge and relationship and that's kind of how it naturally evolves so I, I I agree with you that the the cell phones and the technology now is an extension of your brain. It's only going to be more and more, um, I guess, a codependent <laughs> or or symbiotic mm -hmm. relationship. I don't know if it's codependent. Or, yeah, I would say codependent probably uh, relationship with your technology. Um, very interesting conversation, uh, Naveen. I, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and, and talking and, and exploring this uh, conversation with me. Um, I think a lot th more things are going to come up in the future when it comes to AI, and I hope that you would would like to come back on and uh, talk about it. Absolutely, my great pleasure. And um, uh, let us know. Uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's a super exciting journey. I'm very uh, sort of eager to see uh, where it goes as an AI professional and as a blockchain professional. Like I said, I think blockchain has an important role here, and uh, we we, we want to see what we can do with this. This, uh, this is great. It's been great being on this uh, uh, on your podcast. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Absolutely, sir, and enjoy Singapore. Thank you. 